Welcome back to another episode of Goddess Talks with me, Elise 5000. And today, we're going to be discussing how toxic people use mind control to shut you down so you never reach your full potential. So, okay, I was reading this article... Um, on Inc.com. The article is titled 10 Scary Ways Toxic People Try to Destroy You by a guy named Tom Pomperonius. He's saying that toxic people can make you feel ashamed, confused, and even worthless so that you never reach your full potential. But not if you recognize it and put a stop to the tricks they use to manipulate you. Now, based off my experience, I find that when people can't actually control you, they will try to control how you see yourself. I personally think it's like a demon like the spirit of control and actually a long time ago I was watching these I was bored and I was watching these exorcisms on YouTube and the man the exorcist guy was like spirit of witchcraft come out and actually and she was you know the spirit talked back no I'm staying in here but anyway I just feel like I was like whoa so the spirit of witchcraft is a control that just means you're controlling or yeah it's a a spirit of control but I was reading this other article online called Understanding That Shame is the Root of Control Issues um, by a guy named Robert Hartzell. He's saying that shame is the root of control issues. And he said that most of us, all of us, in fact, can move into controlling behaviors when we feel fearful, which I've had my share of control issues, you know. So in the article, the guy talks about how families how shame is the root of hurtful behaviors and that the way that families interact will either be honoring or shaming. I mean, and you can't talk about toxic behaviors without talking about family dynamics. And there's this thing called the narcissistic family cult. And we'll get into that later, but yo, my mom said I'm controlling. So I'm here to explore that aspect of myself. I'm willing to explore that aspect of myself because Socrates said an unexamined life isn't worth living. You feel me? And the oracle at Delphi, Pytha, said that Socrates was the smartest man in the world at that time. And Socrates was 500 years before Jesus. And so I I encourage you to explore the maxims at Delphi, you know, that comes from the oracle Pytha, which is Apollo's um, Apollo's oracle, who got possessed by the spirit of Apollo. She had got the Holy Ghost or whatever back in 500 years before Jesus. She got the Holy Ghost and she would, you know, like how they how they do it in church where they jump around and gyrate and speak in tongues. That's what she would do. And they said that that was the spirit of Apollo. But anyway, it's called enthusiastic divination, Greek enthusiastic divination. And there's the temple at Delphi where, yes, Pytha usually, and Pytha is different female priests priestesses and only females could do this this is back like sort of before patriarchy kind of just took over and women started being abused killed and couldn't talk in church due to old boy paul but anyway because you know that was the pharisees and you know they were trying to restructure the world to take away the feminine energy so that we could just like destroy the antichrist basically it's like the lack of feminine energy but anyway the point is socrates said an unexamined life is not worth living and as an empath i felt the need to always examine myself i was told i'm this i'm that i'm this i got to do that so i always was like oh my god you know and part of you know I just feel like it's a huge flaw to care so much about what people think about you. But I think that I was trained to 
care. I think I care more about what others think about me than what I think about me. And like, that's that's crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? Because when it all falls down, I like me. I like everything. You know what I mean? Do I want to improve areas? Yes, of course. But um, I think that I had some huge problems when I was basing myself on other people's opinions like yo no because I'm like what this is what you think like at this point I don't really care because I know that narcissists and toxic people lie and make you you know they tell you some a way that you are that you aren't to destroy your self-esteem to you know destroy your self-worth make you feel worthless so they can control you and that's the easiest way to control someone is to make them feel inferior so that they will take an inferior position and yeah you can control them and i see a lot of that type of narcissistic control in religion that's why i don't i'm not a fan I'm not a fan, not even gonna, I'm not even gonna hold you. But what I really want to talk about today, though, is mind control and cluster B control issues. And just like how toxic people use mind control to, you know, keep you down, make sure you never reach your full potential because they don't want you to be better than them. Shame is the root of hurtful behaviors. And I find that narcissists use guilt and shame to control your behavior. They try to, and I mean, guilt and shame is good to a point. Like if it's valid, but I've, I noticed that I started waking up and I was like, yo, that is unnecessary guilt and shame. And I know that in my family, they just say, you should be ashamed of yourself for just anything. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. Just imagine hearing that all your life, like hundreds, maybe thousands of times. You should be ashamed of yourself. What kind of programming is that? I should be ashamed of myself. That causes low self-worth. And then you choose partners that reflect that and you don't value yourself because you've heard you should be ashamed of yourself at least 5,000 times throughout your whole life but obviously any abuse whether physical sexual or emotional is shaming like all abuse is shaming however so is the silent treatment snide remarks and cutting comments which anyway a simple test is to look at when you have a disagreement does the conversation stay respectful as you talk things out or does it move into hurtful remarks now I was having a conversation and I counted about two minutes in in the conversation. I counted at least five manipulative tactics. There was um, there was criticism. There was deflection, projection, triangulation, belittling all within the first two minutes of the conversation. And I had to cut her off. And I'm like, hey, I have to cut you off here because this is a toxic you know, conversation. Um, and I told her like within five minutes, well, within three minutes, you have managed to, you know, do this, 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 this. Um, and I, and, you know, in her defense, I don't think she knows, like she's 90. Like, I don't think she knows she's been doing this forever. You know, and back in the day, people were really rude. Like they didn't have advanced psychology and philosophy like that. Like they weren't, it wasn't common to study this type of stuff. So she didn't know any better. You know what I mean? She just wanted to get me to see her point of view. So she did that by any means necessary. And if that meant manipulation, control how I see myself, use guilt and shame, she gonna do that. <laughs> okay. Like, but yeah, so, so yeah, a simple test is to look at when you have a disagreement, does the conversation stay respectful as you talk things out or does it move into hurtful remarks? A shaming interaction tears a person down. Shame says I'm in some way bad, flawed, inadequate. And respectful interaction comes from a sonship identity, which builds a person up. 
It treats the other with dignity and fosters intimacy in relationships. Intimate relationships are the key to self-esteem, confidence, and the ability to take initiative, self-discipline, the freedom to try, and much more. This is a huge key because we so often think that it's about trying harder or getting motivated enough. And even for overcoming compulsive behavior, shame is the key. I know a lot of people who are struggling right now, like mentally with themselves. And I promise you, it is because they have toxic parents continuously belittling them, continuously shaming them. It is super toxic environment. And I don't see how anybody can function in that type of environment. You know, I tell people that they have to get away from these people or they have to make them see. So, you know, they're going to have to, to, you know, let their family be made aware by sending videos. You could send narcissist videos, articles, anything. And I know that most narcissists will deny. They will justify and rationalize their terrible behavior towards you and make it like it's your fault for their terrible behavior. They will make it like you deserve it. But if you keep doing, I mean, I don't know, either you get away from them or you send like a narcissist video or article every day. <laughs> okay, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, point, that, point it out. This is what you did. And that's what I did. Like, I, I found whatever. There's this website called Out of the Fog. And there's this section called Top 100 Traits and Behaviors of Personality Disordered Individuals. This is the website that I used to point out every single disordered um interaction so like when my grandma was talking to me and i noticed five personality disordered interactions within the first three minutes this is the website that i used so and it has like um definitions there's like a hundred definitions so there's baiting like i'm just gonna i'm not going from a to z but like okay name calling here's one because i'm just trying to go through uh go over what was used in my conversation name calling use of profane derogatory or dehumanizing terminology to describe another individual or group now in my my uh conversation with granny she did not name call me i'm just using this as an example but um there was baiting a provocative act used to solicit in an angry aggressive or emotional response from another individual belittling condescending or patronizing the kind of speech this kind of speech is a passive aggressive approach to giving someone a verbal put down while maintaining a facade of reasonableness or friendliness. So I, I noted that that was going on in the conversation. There was blaming the practice of identifying a person or people responsible for creating a problem rather than identifying ways of dealing with the problem. Bullying any systematic action of hurting a person from a position of relative physical, social, economic or emotional strength. You got always and never statements always and never statements are declarations containing the words always or never they are commonly used but rarely true so i believe that there was some always and never going on catastrophizing the habit of automatically assuming a worst case scenario and inappropriately characterizing minor or moderate problems or issues as catastrophic events y'all i had to go to therapy like with all of these personality disordered uh you know slants to communication going on I did have to go get cognitive behavioral therapy and relearn how to um to think okay and how to speak to others because I um there's this thing called cognitive distortions and some of these are cognitive distortions there's parentification a form or 
role reversal in which a child is inappropriately given the role of meeting the emotional or physical needs of the parent or of the family's other children. Um, Yeah, this kind of happened because I was told that I wasn't making someone happy due to me dressing the way I wanted to dress and having the religion that I wanted to have. And I, I was just like, Grandma, I you have to make yourself happy, <laughs> okay? Like, I cannot make you happy. I'm not gonna change who I am for you to make you happy. And I told her, I was like, do you want my life? Do you want it? And I can just get another one? I can just get out of here, get a whole nother life, right? And then you can have this one to do what you please with it because right now I'm in here. I'm a soul. I'm inside of here, inside of this body. And I'm doing what I want. Like, I'm doing what goes with what I'm doing. You've had your life. You've had your choices. You should do that. Like, can I be myself? Like, I don't understand. You know, I told her, I will give you my life as long as I can have one for myself that I can have to do what I want to with. So I will give you my life, but I have to have one in place. So until I can get a life, I can't give you mine until I have one for myself. You feel me? Oh yeah, control me syndrome. That's one of the definitions. This describes a tendency which some people have to foster relationships with people who have a controlling, narcissistic, antisocial, or acting out nature. Denial, believing or imagining that some painful or traumatic circumstance, event, or memory does not exist or did not happen. Passive aggressive behavior, expressing negative feelings in an unassertive, passive way. Circular conversations, arguments which go on almost endlessly, repeating the same patterns with no resolution. Parental alienation syndrome, when a separated parent convinces their child that the other parent is bad, evil, or worthless. Chronic broken promises, repeatedly making and then breaking commitments and promises is a common trait among people who suffer from personality disorders. Emotional blackmail, a system of threats and punishments used in an attempt to control someone's behaviors. Proxy recruitment, a way of controlling or abusing another person by manipulating other people into unwittingly backing, doing the dirty work, which that goes along with triangulation. I wonder if that's in here. Like I said, there are a hundred definitions. Invalidation, the creation of the creation or promotion of an environment which encourages an individual to believe that their thoughts, beliefs, values, or physical presence are inferior, flawed, problematic, or worthless. Infantization. Treating a child as if they are much younger than their actual age. Like, say you're 24 and you get a spanking with a belt. That has happened to me. Splitting the practice of regarding people and situations as either completely good or completely bad. And that's actually a cognitive distortion. I think it's called black or white or something. But yeah, that's a cognitive distortion. Um, triggering small, insignificant or minor action statement or, ve- or events that produce a dramatic or inappropriate response. Triangulation, gaining an advantage or perceived rivals. Gaining an advantage over perceived rivals by manipulating them into conflicts with each other. Wow. Magical thinking, looking for supernatural connections between external events and one's own thoughts, words, and actions. Manipulation, the practice of steering an individual into a desired behavior for the purpose of achieving a hidden personal goal. Yeah, there's, yeah, but there's a hundred definitions. So yeah, I wrote them down during the conversation I was like that's this I really just like because I, I mean 
we gotta we gotta learn how to speak to each other. I know that this stuff is passed down. Slavery, you know, just the old school baby boomers. You know, they say the baby boomers are all narcissists and the, and the millennials are like empaths that have diseases. They're the sickest generation due to maybe emotional abuse. So, yeah, but this website is called outofthefog.com. And this is the top 100 traits and behaviors of personality disordered individuals. And there are, and some of these are cognitive distortions, which you've heard of cognitive dissonance. So yeah, now narcissists, sociopaths, negative Nellies, and other toxic people slowly suck the life out of others. Although they don't always do this consciously or with any ill intent. Like I said, in my grandma's case, I really don't think she knows. I really don't. I, I, Sometimes, well, I, I really don't. I don't know. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, right? So subsequently, staying joyful and reaching your goals often means putting it into the subtle ways they shut you down. And here are some other popular manipulation tactics toxic people use, which include gaslighting, you know, where they use the phrase like, you're too sensitive, or it didn't happen that way to make you doubt yourself and question what you deserve. Or they just tell you that didn't happen. You said this to me, such and such. No, I didn't. That never happened. Oh, you're making that up. Like, come on. They're hoping you're going to eventually not trust yourself and forget and just be like, okay, you didn't really spit in my face. Because I I mean, you you know, somebody spit in my face. I'm not going to tell this person. But yeah, he spit in my face. And so, you know, later I wanted to talk about it. Like, why did you spit in my face? I didn't spit in your face. Like, <laughs> do you think I'm taping this for the police or something? Like, are you serious? I didn't spit in your face. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, if you you just deny, if you feel like you're, if I, if you deny it enough, I'll just eventually forget. Anyway, gaslighting. Elaboration. The toxic person gives huge responses to appear smarter or more skilled than you, but what they say might lack relevancy or bounce around from point to point. Like, I, I feel like that's more like word salad, which narcissistic word salad is a confused or unintelligible mixture of seemingly random words and phrases specifically in psychiatry as a form of speech indicative of advanced schizophrenia um but there's narcissistic word salad which real word salad is like schizophrenia but okay narcissistic word salad is narc they call that narc talk and it's just basically a bunch of words to try to confuse you that basically mean nothing and honestly though if somebody is using word salad i do have to question (laughs) you know their mental state i do but um it's basically a form of 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 gaslighting word salad and it just means the conversation is going nowhere so you say like are we together are we like dating and then they come up with like a long paragraph and and at the end of the paragraph you don't you still don't know if are you dating (laughs) like if you're together or not that's word salad I encourage you to, to look this stuff up. So, okay, tonal messaging. So what the toxic person says is perfectly acceptable in terms of words or phrasing, but it's how they say those words and phrases which communicates something hurtful. Downsiding. Every time you try to be positive or talk about the good happening to you, the toxic person rains on your parade, pointing out the yeah, but considerations or responding with, are you sure? I might be guilty of that, but it's not like intentional. Oh, man. Okay, I'm not saying I'm saying I'm not saying that I'm fully not toxic. Okay, everyone's toxic. 
to an extent, okay? And we all have to examine ourselves. And that's what this is. I'm examining myself. I may I may do a little downsiding sometimes. Not intentionally. I've never intentionally tried to just rain on somebody's parade. No. So anyway, the next one is identity shaming. The toxic person continuously, constantly come up comes up with something negative to say about you or what you love to do. Oh my God, this is huge in my family. Identity shaming. That's what, what, what it is. Um, where they come up with something negative. Oh my God, it was just all the time identity shaming, just constant bullying and identity shaming. So yeah, the toxic person constantly comes up with something negative to say about what you love to do or you so that eventually you feel ashamed of what makes you you. And I experienced that in a a romantic relationship as well. Like that's, And, and, and it did work. Like I did feel ashamed of certain things that I was into to the point where I almost quit. <sighs> but I had to get away from this person. And then I got with a different person who loved what I did. And then they tried to help me and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, generalizing. So rather than take the time to get facts and acknowledge all the subtleties that can make an argument more complex, toxic individuals make blanket statements that defy rationalization, typically in an accusatory or judgmental way. They treat never and always as some of their favorite words. You never, like, so I, for example, my, I would clean up my room and my dad would be like, your room is still, your room is dirty. You didn't do nothing. And I'm like, I did. I did clean my room just because one thing is, you know, a string is on the floor. He'd be like, you ain't do nothing, not nothing. (laughs) So, you know, my little efforts were nothing. That's okay. There's a thing called 180 deflection. Whether you take responsibility or face difficult conversations, a toxic individual tries to turn the focus to what you did. Or they try to get you to focus on a different real issue, which is, yeah, deflection. So say you're talking about you did, you know, why did you steal my car? And then the person's like, well, why are you why are you so mean? Why are you always saying such and such to me? And why are you always say, like, no, we're not talking about that right now. We talking about why you stole my car. Like, that's what we talk about. Like, anyway, the next one is goal shifting. A toxic person continuously requires you to meet new, often unanticipated and unrelated expectations so that you never know if you've made progress or are good enough. Mm. Push and pull. The toxic person pushes against limits you've set just to see what your reaction will be. Then they get you to forgive them with gifts, promises or other sweet talk. Once they've pulled you back in to them, then they push again to extend the new boundary even further, slowly taking away your self-respect and control. Totally totally know about this one pressure valving the toxic person offers to handle certain tasks or jobs for you so as to relieve your stress then they keep information about those tasks or jobs from you so you're no longer able to approach them independently or they make jabs about your competence saying you need them to get the work done for you (sighs) so exhausting so anyway if someone's contaminating your life with these type of behaviors you know don't stand for it as you can see i'm drained just from reading that um off this website from ink.com by tom paparonius you can use i feel statements rewarding yourself saying no following through with warned consequences focusing on solutions and simply walking away those are valid ways to show a toxic person that you mean business i tend to just block them but sometimes you can't block everybody so 
shame. Shame is the key force behind compulsive behavior. All compulsive behaviors, whether it is overspending, overeating, substance abuse, pornography, just anything negative towards yourself. Self-sabotage is driven and maintained by roots of shame. And shame comes from getting abused, guilt and shame. The compulsion is a root. It's not a root. And cutting it off will not solve the problem. It will grow back. So we often think our problem is the loss of control. And we assure ourselves it will change and not do it again. However, the real problem is the shame and the anxiety it produces. Anxiety needs an antidote. So we turn to some compulsive behavior that provides a temporary numbing experience, sex, drugs, food, yada, yada. All compulsive behavior is about the trance-like state it brings, reducing our anxiety for a little while. I have a shopping problem. I'm, tr- I'm working on it. I do. And I, I, and I be eating carbs. That's my thing. Shopping and eating carbs right now. I don't have a sex problem because I don't have sex. Okay. Currently. Um, I don't drink. So there's that. And the only drugs I take is ibuprofen. So I'm going to eat and I'm going to shop. At this point, that's just me. And, um, you know, everyone has experienced some form of abuse in, in their life. Everyone. And everyone has been toxic at some point in their life as well. So, you know, we all have to work together to examine ourselves because as Socrates said, an unexamined life is not worth living. So if we all do our part, examine ourselves, even if everyone just goes to therapy and talk it out, try to get better, the world would be like a a much better, you know, we'd have the kingdom of heaven, but it starts with you, me, like the individual. But I mean, hey, an unexamined life is not worth living. (laughs) So understanding shame dynamics puts a huge tool in your hands. Fighting the fruit simply leaves you condemned with feelings of failure. So getting at the shaming and the lies you believed about yourself from toxic people and dismantling your interactions that are not respect-based brings lasting freedom and you'll be able to more so control your reality you'll be able to control your emotions and not indulge and engage in self-sabotaging behaviors and like I said toxic people will do these things on purpose to to sabotage you I mean it is what it is (laughs) so and so with that I appreciate you guys for listening if you have not subscribed yet to the podcast please do so so you can be updated when I post new episodes. I have a lot of stuff coming that I really love and I'm super excited. So with that, as always, peace and love. Yeah, peace and love.